We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Ten, because that nine, goal ignition will serve to organize start. and measure the Six, best five, of our energies four, and skills. Three, because that two, challenge is one, one that we're willing to accept. Zero, all engine one we running. are unwilling to Liftoff. We and have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Hey, it's Sven and Daniel and uh, we are back. Exactly. We are back with new Space Vision, with more podcasts and more events. The past few months were a crazy ride for Sven and me because with our own space company, Lifeo, we have grown um, from two employees to more than 20. We raised a seven-digit seed round and now we want to build the market leader of the Earth observation industry in Europe. Exactly. But we also want to start and grow the new space scene here in Berlin and in Europe as well. So, we are back with a new event on the 29th of April here in our own office in Berlin. We are hosting our next meetup with the topic Earth Observation, Cash Cow of the New Space Economy. And of course we are planning uh, more meetups, um, for example about radar constellation because there are some upcoming radar constellations and also space law with Moon Village is getting more and more important. Our next meetup will be with Aurora Tech, a startup from Munich which want to build an infrared satellite constellation. Another startup will be Up42 which are building a platform for satellite data and services and which are part of Airbus and BCG Digital Ventures. But our guest of this podcast is Gary Martin. Who is Gary Martin, Daniel? So yeah, Gary Martin, uh, we were really excited to make the podcast uh, with him because he is a legend in the space industry. Gary Martin is director um, at the International Space University, ISU, which you uh, may know already. Um, but he also has uh, worked more than a decade at NASA, where he, for example, fired the commercial space program with Obama. Now he is in Luxembourg at the Luxembourg Space Agency, a small country with a big vision and with a lot of new space startups. So Gary Martin knows the US new space industry and now he also knows the European new space industry. That's why in this podcast episode we will talk about the difference of the US and Europe and other countries and we will also discuss the role of national space agencies. Exactly. I'm super excited to see you at our upcoming events and I hope you enjoy the next minutes of our podcast. So without further ado, let's start. It's Gary Martin and I'm very happy to welcome you. How are you? I'm really happy to be here. Anyone who's talking about new space and entrepreneurial uh, space, I'm more than happy to discuss. Yeah, and we are here at the International Astronautical Congress, so the entire space industry is here in, in Germany. And it's, it's very interesting uh, to see all the uh, new applications. And um, yeah, we today want to talk uh, with you about, uh, um, especially about commercialization of space and the role of different space agencies, um, because uh, we identified that there are um, many uh, different um, uh, yeah, perspectives in, in space agencies. And um, you are now in Luxembourg since 2017. Yes, How did I've that been come? there one year. Uh, well, it's, a, it's an interesting story. Uh, I'll try to give you a shortened version. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so I, in the early 2000s, I was the, um, the lead for strategy at NASA. I was the space architect at the, um, at the administrator level with the administrator and deputy administrator. And we worked, and I had a, a really great team that was from all of NASA, and we worked for 
four years to come up with a plan for humans to go to Moon and Mars. And we were very successful because in 2004, uh, the vision for space exploration was announced by the president. And what people don't realize was before he announced that, we were never authorized to go above low Earth orbit with humans. Okay. So that was a real milestone for NASA. So I'm very proud that our group was uh, able to do that. Uh, so then in that plan, we were going to go just kind of a touch and go on the moon, but we were focused on going to Mars. Most of my career, I've been trying to get humanity and be part of humanity's sphere to move off the planet and go into the moon and Mars. So I've yeah. been putting a lot of energy into that. But soon after that, uh, we had a new administrator who focused on the moon and took out all the scars in the program to go to Mars. And then we had a presidential change and then we weren't going to the moon anymore for a while we weren't going anywhere defined. We were just building technology and then we were going to go to an asteroid and then we have a presidential change and we're going and I'm telling you all this because it's very hard to have a sustainable long-term plan in, in a big agency that has lots of politics and people with opinions and competing uh, forces. So in order for us to actually get to the moon and for us to ever someday go to Mars, we needed something that would last for long periods. So one of the studies that was done for our group um, when I was a space architect was that, uh, I believe it was MIT that did it, and I asked, how do I, we, we make a sustainable strategy? How do we, because how, how do we get people to the economic sphere of humans to move into space? And the whole idea, uh, well, it came back with a simple answer, you had to make money in space. Yeah. You had to, companies had to make money. If they, it's a positive feedback mechanism. If companies start making money, then they start, uh, more companies come there because they want to take part of it. Then you get innovation and, and it can take off like the, like the internet. Um, but you know, the cost to get to orbit has always been a major issue. But now those things are coming down. So I ended up, uh, I worked for a while at the International Space University. And then I went to work with uh, Dr. Pete Warden and at Ames. And our, our focus, at least the focus that I was doing there, was, was trying to get public-private partnerships set up. So it was all about trying to get people to make money in space. And how does NASA and the technology we have uh, allow them to take advantage of what we've already invested in that they could use to uh, leapfrog and go forward? During that time, um, one of the issues has always been, okay, how can you make money in space? Especially uh, knowing that humanity is going to need to live off the land. You can't take it all from Earth. In mm -hmm. fact, it's, it's prohibitive. It doesn't work. So this has always been an issue also because it, depending on how you interpret the Outer Space Treaty of 67, <laughs> you, you, you know, some people interpret it very strictly and that that's, it's not even possible. But it's not really written that way. I mean, depending on how you look at it, that certainly wasn't the intent. And so uh, we at NASA, we really never looked at that problem. I had tried to open it up a couple of times, but it's a very sensitive problem. And it's not clear that NASA would have been the agency to look over it because we're not a 
regulatory agency. We are a law, like we don't make laws and things like that. So, but it's an issue. And when, uh, you know, we started looking at it, we had a workshop at Ames. At that time, Luxembourg was very interested in uh, how to diversify from their banking into different areas, not just space, but in different areas, and space was a possibility. They attended uh, this, uh, in fact, the Consular General of uh, Luxembourg in San Francisco was one of the people who helped start SES, which is a very yeah. successful yeah. program, which showed Luxembourg that space can be a real sector for them, a small country. And so, he became very interested in the possibilities that maybe Luxembourg wanted to look into the long future, have a visionary future, uh, because if you really look at it and do the, the work on it, someday someone's going to make a lot of money. In fact, a lot of people are going to make a lot of money off of making things in space, using yeah. the resources, excavating it, making the actual tools. I mean, all along the value chain, it's huge. Uh, I mean, you know, you see things like, I think, uh, some of the financial houses have estimated, you know, trillions, uh, mm -hmm. because it is. Yeah. I mean, well, never, it depends on where you draw the line, right? If people are really moving out there. So Luxembourg decided to have a workshop a year after ours, and I came over and helped them with that workshop. So I had create, you know, from a NASA standpoint, you know, and the things that we could, hit, we were interested in at Ames. And over time, I just got to know what they were trying to do, and so they said, they want. They wanted to have a, a space, a space group. We were a part of the. We are. We are part of the Ministry of Economy, which mm -hmm. tells you something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're very unique, and we just we just announced the space agency uh, two and a half weeks ago. But we're a very unique space agency. We're never going to have astronauts. We're not planning to have missions. There won't be a Luxembourg payload on the space station. But there'll be companies who do those things that we have helped. And so what Luxembourg Space Agency is doing is, is growing a thriving space community within Luxembourg. Mm -hmm. And if you, you look at it kind of historically, you know, if you look at um, you know, how the Netherlands you know, went around in the, in the age of discovery and, and was actually to get quite rich by going by by for a little country going all around the world, and uh, if you look at what space is, Luxembourg may be a small country in the in the east. I mean, the, in Europe, but if you uh, look at space, it doesn't matter how That's big true. your country is. It really matters if, what your vision is, and they're extremely visionary. I'm so impressed with the people I work with and. Uh, so that's where we're unique. It's very interesting. Uh, when I scrolled down your LinkedIn profile, the last thing I found was that uh, before you become, became a space engineer, you studied an anthropology. Yeah, right? I was an archaeologist, actually. Yeah. I, I was a cultural anthropologist, but the, um, I say that, but you, know, there's, you can't really make a living out of it, at least in the 70s. And so I uh, was an archaeologist for a number of years, and then I went and uh, well, my, uh, the archaeological business would go up and down in the 70s and the early 80s because uh, you had to do environmental impact statements. So you had to hire an archaeologist to tell you if you're going to uh, 
uh, impact the culture, like the Indian settlements and things that yeah. they might not pick up on. And uh, I don't know, it was up and down, and so I wanted something that was more stable. And a friend of mine got his degree in physics, yeah. and he said, well, if you get your degree in physics, I'll hire you as a, uh, you know, a technician. And yeah. I said, ah. Oh, Stable work. You know, I'm in my early twenties. <laughs> that would be great. And, but as I as I went through school in physics, I um, I did an internship with NASA, and I never left. Actually, I've been working with NASA since the mid '80s. Yeah. And do you think that this uh, um, uh, yeah, degree in anthropology helped you to really get the bigger picture? Because the first uh, or one of the first things you said was the Netherlands in the past. You know, like when you look back uh, to the history of uh, humankind. I think uh, actually, I the thing about, I always encourage people to take anthropology because I think it really did help my career quite a bit. But it helped it in a different way. It helped it in uh, well, it's kind of the bigger picture, but it made you understanding uh, cultural differences. Mm -hmm. And so I, I early on became a manager at NASA, and I've had management positions. And I think a lot of that is because of anthropology. I think it gave me the ability to. Uh, Uh, for people to want to work with me and and me to be empathetic to their differences and so you know in a big organization that's been very helpful so I true. I was uh, very lucky at NASA I had very many amazing uh, positions yeah so so from a long time at NASA and a lot of experience you did you move to Luxembourg or are you acting as an advisor from remotely from the US I actually have moved to Luxembourg. I go back and forth. My family's still in yeah. California. So, but uh, no, the work is in, you need, it's a really hands-on yeah. activity. There's only a few of us, yeah. uh, less than 15 in the whole office. And when I got there, I think we were only five or six. Okay. So we're expanding, but we're not gonna, we're gonna stay small, is my understanding. And, um, You know, there's a lot of work to be done. My the work that I'm doing in Luxembourg is primarily in the area of of helping with the university to create a space master program, yeah. a unique one, very unique, and a helping with the research centers to expand what they're doing uh, to encompass things like uh, space resources. Yeah. So that they, because up until now, it's the interesting thing about Luxembourg is they they're not even though SES was a big success and they have things like space uh, communication at the university and space law and things like that but they're not there's no space engineering yeah. so okay. they're creating a whole new uh, discipline so it's real exciting and the, and the same for the research institutes yeah so you, you're talking about activities so what are the activities which are done right now by the Luxembourg Space Agency which is really young And what are the uh, activities which are planned for the near future? So, of course, there were some uh, news just a few days back with uh, Made in Space, among others, yeah. which uh, started to uh, set up a facility in, in Luxembourg. But in general, so what are the key activities your space agency is working on? So, we're, um, we have a, a couple of different areas of threat. So, one of them is the traditional, we work with ESA. And so you, there's, a, there's a, a little bit of overhead in working with ESA because you need to be part of all the committees and yeah. the planning. So, so that's a part of what we do. Uh, I don't work in that area. The, 
another area that I don't work directly in is that we have a business development. So we're trying to bring the companies that, that you just mentioned and others who have, who have come there to uh, Luxembourg and trying to create this, uh, this space, in, you know, enough for critical mass for a space uh, industry in Luxembourg. Yeah. So we have incentives, we have uh, funding and support, and part of that support is uh, in the research areas. We do public-private partnerships where the companies can partner with our researchers and so they can develop IP together. And so that's an area that I work in. And another one that I work in is that I've been, because the university didn't have this uh, specialty in, uh, in space engineering and things, that's what I've spent my whole career doing. So I, I try to make connections for them as they develop that course. And that course, I, should, I wanted to point out why it's unique, is that not only will, it's for engineers or scientists, so you've got to be technical to take it. And we will teach you um, technologies that are needed for the current uh, group of Luxembourg uh, industry, as well as looking forward to space uh, resources. So unique technologies that are going to be needed in the future if you're starting to have a vision. And we're also going to teach the students uh, how to start their own businesses. Because mm -hmm. we would love that those students would would get inspired by what they're learning and say they have an idea. And so we're teaching them entrepreneurship and financing and the policy and law, things they would need so that they would feel confident to get when they leave to start a business. And so, and we hope, you know, then they could use our other tools about how we help those companies thrive. Yeah, it's a very different approach to the universities, especially in Germany, where you really focus on engineering. Uh, I mean, we had out of, uh, I don't know, in total more than 60 courses, uh, we had three business courses, which were very basic, which you can study in not, not that much time. And this is a very new approach. It's very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're excited about it. And part of that course, actually, the, it's a two-year course. The last six months is an internship in a business, hopefully a Luxembourg business, or a research center, depending on which kind of yeah. things you're mostly interested in. Yeah. And how big is uh, the course? How many... Uh, well, it will start next fall, mm -hmm. and uh, we're looking at a, a minimum of 20 to start, yeah. and then we would, you know, kind of test it out, make sure that we were hitting all the right places and bringing yeah. in the right people, and then we're hoping it will grow. Uh, How many billionaires will uh, come out of the 20? <laughs> I, you know, the, the neat thing about what we're doing <laughs> is I hope quite a few, because if you really look ahead, you know, it's not really the, the there's so much uh, open territory for innovation. And if you get inspired, you know how I can remember when I was in school, and even actually when I'm here, you know, you hear something you say, oh, wow, there's a whole area there that, you know, you might could yeah. make a business out of. Mm -hmm. and I, I don't think anyone's doing that. Or if even someone's doing it and you're doing it a little different. Yeah. You know, and so you get, especially in a school environment, so then you do yeah. that. and then, yeah. So you got all this energy. I see it at ISU. I see it at Singularity University when, because uh, that was on the Ames campus. And, yeah. yeah. It, it seems a bit, a little bit like a paradox, but in space we always have so many ideas uh, to make a business in there. But uh, at the end, the commercialization is, um, uh, yeah, very tough right now. I guess um, because um, I mean Luxembourg was known for. Um, 
uh, yeah, asteroid mining. That was mm -hmm. the big announcement they made. Um, what do you think is the role of asteroid mining, um, and what is uh, what is the roadmap of that? What what do you think? So we just finished a large study uh, on looking at the whole value chain mm -hmm. and about what the possibilities are. Looking at uh, you know what people say they're going to do. You know, Blue Origin and Elon and the NASA and China and India. You know, so and which is always changing. Yeah. Uh, but right now there seems to be a, a focus on the moon. And so there are uh, a lot of resources on the moon. And the, the thing that's available for businesses are, you know, one, the big business that you could excavate and provide fuel to. Um, that's a big, and maybe, or anywhere along that value chain. How do you excavate? What kind of, how do you even do the prospecting? You know, yeah. where's the good, where's the good place where all the water is in the best form that you don't have to do a whole lot to it just to purify it? Yeah. And then it gets down to uh, all the pieces along the line, the robotics, the AI, the machine learning, all these uh, kind of buzzwords that are really important to making it work. And then uh, the story that uh, I always liked when I was in California that they always tell is that the people who made all the money during the gold rush weren't the people who were going to find gold, though some did, but it was very few. <laughs> The people who made all the money are the people who sold the shovels, had yeah. the um, sold the beer, sold the, or I guess whiskey in those days, and they, and they you know, those people who did those kind of things. And so space, as it opens up, yes. will open up a whole new realm. And quite frankly, there's not enough people working in space to cover all the possibilities. So there's lots of we're at an area where this whole it's opening up. Yeah. And I would say over the you know the next decade or so we're going to see it really multiply. I always remember when the internet was starting. You know, uh, you guys might be too young to remember, but there wasn't much on it. We had to, like a browser called Mosaic, and and there wasn't any um, there wasn't any Google or anything. You couldn't yeah. find things. It was just like your friend would would like send you like say, hey, the Vatican just put up their art gallery, and you could. <laughs> You, and they'd send you the, you know, the where had the the location of where it was, and you had to. That was how, you know, in the early days. But and no one, and and actually, it was just a, it was just something, other than email, it was just something fun to do. You know, no one, no one foresaw that it was going to control our lives. Yeah. And it's not less than 20 years ago. Yeah. And you know, so this is what space. I mean, space is going to do that many times over because you've got so much possibility and so many things yeah. as people create new technologies to get people around and bring down the cost of getting there um, it's just so exciting to see and every time I come to a meeting like this you hear all these new ideas that I said I you know I had never thought of those things and I'm around it all the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's really amazing so it's our first IAC and, and we are really surprised not, not surprised but amazed uh, about just the ideas of so many people and so many brilliant minds here. Uh, I was wondering, you said you have been along, uh, around a long time. Have you seen an increase in activities in space during the, especially the last few years? So, because we are, of course, always in favor of new space and we say that with, for example, the commercialization of launch vehicles, mm -hmm. uh, also the, there's a bigger media interest in the topic. Have you also seen more activity on, uh, for example, uh, occasions like the IAC? 
Uh, uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, no, we're, you know, people, I mean, like yourselves, uh, you know, it's quite different when we're just agencies. Yeah. And so agencies moves kind of slow. And like I said, they move, they don't move in a straight line. I yeah. wish they did, but you know, that's just the way it is. The, but I would say, you know, when the new space started, maybe right around the turn of the century, yeah. I mean, a little, some Bigelow started, I think in 99 or 98, but a few new people were starting to show up with had great ideas. But then, you know, now that there's a, I used to give, I actually give a, a lecture, um, I can't keep it up to date though, but I give a one on new space at the International Space University every year. And I, every year I'd have to totally uh, revamp it because, and then I would try to track things. And, you know, at first there were just a couple of launchers. Now I was talking to somebody the other day, they said there's, there's over 50 new launcher companies. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, Never happened before. That's such, and they're all not going to make it. But yeah. There'll be a big market uh, consolidation, and then it will start again. But if they can actually bring down launch costs, everything else—I mean, small sats and every aspect of, you know, low Earth orbit—and and, you know, we've been talking about things like um, uh, satellite servicing forever. I mean, since yeah. I've been at NASA, you know, it's always been a concept. You know, no one's really doing it. But now there's so many companies coming up uh, with new ideas on satellite servicing and, and, and large companies uh, becoming part of that sector. I mean, it's, we're talking about reusable spacecraft and cislunar, you know, those kind of capabilities are, are cr going to create a market that's going to be self-sustaining and probably grow quite quickly, I would think. Yeah. Um, how do you see the role of uh, Earth observation applications uh, in this entire ecosystem? Because it's hard to make um, money within the next 10 years uh, on the moon, um, uh, but Earth observation and communication, those are the two biggest uh, fields in, in space where yeah. uh, you really um, have a big business uh, right now. So Yeah, that, I mean, that's where the money is. I think, you know, there's so much you can do with um, Earth sensing. It's not an area that I know uh, a lot about, but I, I mean, I'm on the fringes of it all the time. You know, we've always uh, looking at new sensors. Uh, if you had if you could interpret uh, hyperspectral data really well, you could get all kinds of information that, that is not currently provided to people. But, but you know, as it gets more, I was thinking, uh, you know, if you had real a lot of satellites up and you could do real life, uh, like I could Google my house yeah. and I could see, you know, uh, you know, if, if my car is there yeah. or. or or just what's going on in my neighborhood, you know, it's kind of scary in a way. I don't know if it's kind of <laughs> intrusive, but I mean, the thing is, someday there'll be real life, uh, you'll be able to see real live video probably yeah. of any part of the earth at any time. Yeah. But I don't know if that's a good thing. It's fat, but it's certainly that's something true. that might sell. Yeah. And, uh, that's uh, true. That's true. So we are, of course, in favor of Earth observation, but that's true. That's uh, the. the yeah, idea of all time and uh, but it's like that everywhere and monitoring yeah. is scary. That's true. So there, there needs to be some consideration of what's valuable and what's scary. Most yeah, I think Europe dangerous. Has done yeah. some thoughts on that. I like. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Daniel already touched the topic of space resource mining and space yeah. resource utilization, and that's that's the big topic Luxembourg is always pushing, and of course that's a topic which really 
like promotes a big vision, the vision that, that humankind is a multiplanetary species or at least uses uh, a lot of the resources which are out there in the, in the solar system. But on the other side, the, one of the big, biggest focus areas of Luxembourg is space commercialization. And when you come to commercialization, you're always also always looking at the return of investment and also on the period in which you get your return on investment. And with space resource mining, the period in which you will get a return on investment is probably quite long. For example, in comparison with in-orbit manufacturing, for example, what yeah. Made in Space is doing. So why is um, Luxembourg so much pushing space resource mining and not other topics? Well, that, I think it's a good point. I'm glad you, uh, you, you asked that question because it's, it gives me an opportunity to kind of tell you our thinking on it, which has evolved a bit uh, from the early days when we first announced the, um, the initiative, which is actually before I came. But the, um, along the whole value chain, there are many opportunities to make, the to make money off of the technologies that will be needed in the future. Mm -hmm. Because many of those uh, things can be used on the, on the ground. For instance, uh, some of the things uh, you, t you brought up made in space, I mean, everyone needs robotic arms, you know, on the ground, I mean, as well, you know. They, yeah. So if you have a business that's geared towards space, but it has a ground uh, market and revenue stream, I, we're really looking at companies with things like that. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to be instantaneous either. You're looking at, you know, along the whole value chain to get to start using resources in space well the first part of that value chain is finding those resources yeah and you can monetize information so prospecting information so you those are areas that uh, these companies uh, are probably going to first start with mm -hmm. and if you look at some of the business you know what they're talking about those are other things they're talking about but let's go find where it is um, and then excavation, we just had a uh, thing, and actually extraction, we just had a, a big um, workshop. We'd actually tried to keep it small, and, but it kept getting bigger and bigger. Uh, but on Friday, and yeah. we were in the whole point of that is called mining space, and we actually didn't advertise it. We were, yeah. we were trying to; it was invitation only. But everyone found out about the invitation, so <laughs> it's hard to say no. But we we got up to our maximum. So 152. Oh. We wanted 70. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but it's good to have everyone there, and I'm glad there's a lot of energy. But the whole thing is that this was terrestrial miners and space mining yeah. along the value chain of both of them, and looking at uh, what you know, where are these technologies that overlap, yeah. and where so that the companies can work together. Maybe the terrestrial miners have things they are interested in space. They've got to look ahead. I mean, yeah. they know how to do it. It's interesting the two um, communities are so different from each other. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of talking to do. But. I truly believe that, yeah. <laughs> um, what I'm really interested in is um, how uh, do you as an agency in Luxembourg support uh, the companies? Um, because we know that in, in Germany and in Europe it's normally a very bureaucratic way uh, to work with agencies. Mm. Do you have a different approach? How do you select um, companies? How do you select ventures? So that's not my area of expertise within the agency, but I can give you some ideas about mm -hmm. things like that. So one, one of the things is 
So uh, there was, we look at companies and look at what their business plan is. Mm-hmm. And, and what you brought up earlier about revenue, it can't be like uh, we're, gonna, we're going to uh, mine water on the moon and it's going to be 30 years before we start making money. That's, that's, that's something that we're not interested in. It would be more like you have a technology that's somewhere along the value chain that you want to start now. You maybe have an earth-based use for it. And that, um, and in those cases, we're very interested in it. So we have a fund that's set up. Uh, the government has the ability to do different uh, kinds of funding. And then we're looking at setting up an actual space fund uh, that the government just has a little piece of. And it's managed uh, privately. And we're trying to bring other funding mechanisms in. Uh, so there is there the possibility of getting uh, that kind of help, but we also give the help I said earlier about it. We, uh, through our National um, Research uh, Council, uh, we, uh, we were able to give uh, grants to employees of companies that would work in our research areas. So that, so a company coming there can do research in, uh, in our Luxembourg uh, research uh, places, uh, laboratories. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that helps them create IP, it helps us. But you know, all the money that comes from, from us is, is taxpayer money. So yeah. we want the company to come move to Luxembourg. We want them to have employees in Luxembourg. Yeah. They don't have to be all in Luxembourg, like iSpace, which is one of our uh, our companies is mainly a Japanese company, yeah. but they have real work they're doing in Europe, and they have a real group there that is doing their their part of their company, and that those are also very welcome. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds more that uh, Luxembourg's space agency is kind of a business incubator yeah. in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, that's very very interesting. Um, what do you think? I mean, um, you know a lot of other space agencies. I mean, you you were at NASA. Another, and you also know um, uh, maybe DLR and, yeah, yeah. and uh, the French uh, agency. Um, is there anything uh, what they um, can improve to, uh, what do you think they, are, they should improve? Because we know that they are thinking about ways and are looking for ways. So DLR and Kness, I know them mostly from engineering and from the mission work that we did together and what they're doing on space station and their uh, experiments. Uh, ESA, though, um, I know a little bit more about in this area because mm-hmm. they have a whole group uh, that does technology transfer and does uh, licensing, and they have these these BICs, being yeah. business mm-hmm. incubation centers. Yeah. And I'm sure there's some in Germany, mm-hmm. and those are all about uh, similar to what we're doing in Luxembourg. Uh, we're we're a smaller country and a little bit more agile, so we, but uh, ESA is doing that. Um, all across Europe, yeah. and so I would say that's that's similar. I now DLR and Kness, I actually don't. I'm sure they are. I just don't. <laughs> I know that I know the people who are in the area in ESA because uh, they were similar to what I was doing in Silicon Valley. So I would we ran into each other every now and then at conferences. <laughs> yeah. So Luxembourg's really fostering also activities in other countries because uh, with your activity and uh, your agility, you're really pushing the boundaries and Kness, for example, is right now setting up also a VC. That's what I heard, yes. Yeah, yeah actually, I did read that recently. So, so I think they are right now raising funds for this fund. But I think if Luxembourg would not have taken the initiative, 
it would have taken probably a few more months, if not years, uh, for for the other agencies to follow. Yeah. I, I think yeah. you now act uh, kind of as a role model uh, yeah. for them. And we also recognize that in, in Germany, it's um, they really um, so it's, it's like a closed system. So space is uh, for uh, you're doing space for space, but you're not doing space for for business purpose. Um, and um, yeah, they try to you know yeah change the system a bit um, to to really come out of this because DLR is very very strong in Germany and they're doing awesome really really awesome scientific missions, Absolutely. but it's really a lack in, in the business and. Um, yeah, we always try to try to change that, talking to people from, from our perspective. Because um, ESA BICs are, are very, very cool, but um, also they, um, uh, they are not the solution for everything. Yeah. And uh, we are really happy that uh, you, you, really, you really started uh, and you're really doing a great thing in Luxembourg. But I do want to say, I mean, I have an awful lot of respect for DLR and Knesset yeah. and any of the well. agencies yeah. because yeah. they yeah. are doing, I mean, just recently, yeah. uh, land, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yesterday, you know, yeah. I mean, the, doing yeah. things that humans have never done before and it's yeah. so exciting but Luxembourg because it, we're a country that that makes most of its funding um, money from banks so we're not a, a group of scientists like Ger I mean Germany is always renowned for its physics and yeah. science and so is France and other countries in Europe Luxembourg is really focused on this eco economic uh, approach towards uh, yeah. things so it's more. I mean, it's, it's more natural for us to do that mm -hmm. to to build a science capability to match what Germany or Kness or any of the other uh, larger company uh, countries that have those kind of uh, Italy that has those science-focused programs. I mean, it's something mm -hmm. wonderful, but it's yeah. not. It would be almost impossible to uh, right. to get up to that point. But uh, we 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 see a big risk and and. Um, uh, because um, so with new space in, in Germany, because um, we are very good in, in research and scientific missions, we also have very good um, technologies. Yeah. I mean, Germany is uh, the radar. Uh, yeah, regarding radar technology, is, oh, is leading. Yeah. Around the, there's a whole list. Of yeah. yeah, and uh, also, um, I mean, now Capella Space from the US raised 19 million with uh, for a radar constellation, ISI. Um, we, we really love ISI, it's the coolest <laughs> European space startup. They uh, are building a radar technology, but there is no German radar uh, technology, radar um, constellation coming up. And another example is, for example, Astrofine is a company from Berlin. They built the TED satellite, which could have like an, uh, an infrared camera with the high-risk resolution on the market. Um, but um, because DLR and ESA did not um, start it uh, or did not pay for this, it's like they have developed it, but it's not flying. So they are too flying, but um, not more, not a constellation, because they don't go into um, you know like private investors, and and that's a, that's a lack in Germany. We really have to work on. Or just come to uh, Luxembourg. Oh, just come to Luxembourg. <laughs> that would be, would be maybe a solution. Yeah, yeah. The, the technologies that are being developed in the, the different countries, if they're licensable or uh, you know. If, and there's people who have ideas. That's where we're yeah. we're open for business. <laughs> that's, that, that's true. Um, yeah, because our our vision is also like, and I think everyone in the space industry, and that's really really unique to the space industry in general, is either you're working for an agency or in a private company. It's always about exploration and about doing something which has never been done before, pushing the boundaries. I think everyone in this in this whole industry is just driven by this vision and of course there are different tools how to 
how to make this vision a reality. Some are saying it's, it's the agency, some are saying, okay, the commercialization is the way to go. And um, we were wondering, because we are a close observer of the European uh, space, new space area, and we, of course, the US is, is leading in this area, but what is your opinion on the differences of the European and the US uh, new space scene? So, yeah. you, know, you know, I think, because um, I've been looking at that, and I, I believe, you know, we, the US seemed to get a little earlier start. Yeah. You know, we had uh, uh, the environment, uh, like in Silicon Valley and other places in the US, uh, there were there are venture capitalists willing to put money in. There's been uh, successes, you know, uh, you know, Elon uh, with SpaceX, and uh, these are you know, these these kinds of things make people think there are other opportunities to make money. And there's a, a, there's a it's a great optimism. And uh, I had the luck to live in Silicon Valley for the last few years where I was working at Ames. There's a real optimism. Yeah. Like, you know, we're going to try this, and if it doesn't work, we're going to try that, and we're going to, one of these is going to work sooner or later. And, yeah. and that optimism is really important. And having worked at the International Space University uh, for, uh, since uh, 2005, um, at first I realized, I, I noticed the environment was quite different in, in Europe as far as getting money. It was very hard. The rules about you know if you hire employees, you're strong. Or you know, it's in in the U.S. You know, if you don't make the money, you you can yes. you can restructure pretty quick. You know, yeah. so these there, it seems to me a lot of things are changing in Europe. And I would say in, that now, I see it, it. It's hard to tell the difference. There's a lot of optimism in Europe, especially if, around here. If you walk around the exhibition hall, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, not all startups have booths, but there's a lot of startup people, and they're all, and a lot of them are European. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's something maybe ten years ago you didn't see too much, mm -hmm. or you didn't see too much Americans either, but you might see more of them. Yeah. So I think, I think the whole environment's changing. I, I really do. I think there's not much difference anymore because I, I know a number of people in the venture capital area and. Uh, of space angels and things like that now in Europe that weren't there a while ago. Yeah. And there's, you know, space funds like Seraphim set up yeah. and yeah. things like that. And the one we're going to set up. And, and it's also in the agencies, they have uh, now the willingness uh, to change the system for yes. startups. So like everyone we talked to uh, from the DLR and also from ESA, they, they really they really want to change it because they recognize that there is something going on. We have to do it. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's very cool to see that. Yeah. And it's changing fast. So two years ago, uh, the DLR was not very, very, very passive. And now they are very active. So I'm, I'm very happy to see that. Yeah. In fact, uh, I guess your group, um, I, I'd be interested to see if you're keeping statistics over time. Because you would know if you're, you're watching this um, new community start and serving yeah. this new community, I think it'd be really interesting to look at how fast it's growing. Yeah. And if you just take a list, like I was saying, I used to give this lecture, I still do at uh, International Space University, it used to be very easy to put together the list of the main, yeah. it's in, almost impossible now. Yeah. You just have to take examples in different areas. <laughs> yeah, we have to work, work with uh, John Tucker from uh, here. Do, do you know him? He has this new space hub. 
was called New Space Ventures before, where he has a big, big list. Um, and ah, uh, you can okay. see all the space startups also from, from Europe, from Germany. And, oh, uh, yeah, look at that. Yeah, okay. We, it's uh, up there I, already. I will send you the link. Yeah, and, please do. Um, please yeah. do. And also for all the listeners, uh, New Space Hub, uh, we will, I, I guess we will post the link there. Yeah, we will. Um, oh, great. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, cool. So it was a pleasure. Um, yeah, thank we, you very much. We would love to talk uh, yeah, more uh, time with you, but uh, I think you have appointments at, at your booth. Yes. And um, so from my, my side, I'm, I'm very thankful that you took the time. Yeah, absolutely. And it was really nice to see your perspective on, on new space. And it's really great to see so much activity. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. Well, thanks for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.